Welcome back to another episode of the Urban Guru Podcast, where we feature insights from artists and professionals of color. On today's podcast, I want to continue our discussions on the writing process. And today I have a good friend, fellow writer, and an IT professional, Mr. Andre Ogden. He has a new young adult fantasy book series coming out next year entitled The Everton Chronicles. And he'll join me in a laid back conversation talking about our writing workflows. So stay tuned for another informative episode of the Urban Guru Podcast. Why don't we just go ahead and um, talk about our workflow? Do you want to start with the tools or do you want to start with where your ideas come from? <laughs> um, the ideas are just a lot of times they'll come from articles that I may have read. I know that, you know, we use, we use signal to chat a lot. And mm -hmm. a lot of times we'll send each other links to interesting articles that span the topics, anything from science to arts and entertainment, or maybe something about, you know, slice of life. But a lot of times for me, um, some of the ideas that I've had, they've come from reading a reading an article or hearing about an event or some type of life events that have happened mm. and an idea come up. I remember actually one idea came up while I was hiking. I was going through a path and I came up to this clearing. And I said, man, this would be really weird if I came up in this clearing and I saw nothing but a bunch of cell phones. I thought, oh, I need to write that down. So when I got back to the car, I wrote it down that, okay, story idea, a group of hikers come across a field of just cell phones. And so just, they just seem to come out of nowhere. You know, it's uh -huh. just like you said, you'll, you'll wake up in the middle of the night and you maybe you just had a dream that's kind of slipping away from you. So you want to mm -hmm. scribble it down real quick before it completely fades, things like that, or an idea on the drive to work or mm -hmm. maybe even just sitting at lunch. Um, I've had other, I've had other ideas come where I might be watching an anime and an idea comes for a graphic novel. So yeah, they just come from everywhere. Yeah. And you know, in, in the story about um, the, the, the clearing and seeing all the cell phones, I'm wondering because you and I, you actually, because you knew I was using this location in my book, um, Blood Mountain in Georgia, you actually took me there by surprise. And when we got there, we were taking pictures and we were looking around. And do you remember that moment when we are, I think it was I who looked up first. It was. And there was nothing but, there were shoes hanging out of the trees. Yeah. I and remember like, that. <laughs> and it was, it was, to me, it was creepy. I said, this is slightly unsettling. And it was just that, that moment where you just, you're just standing there and you're just taking a breath and you're saying, what's with up all, what's up with all these shoes? Yeah. And I actually tried to look it up something about it, some mm. kind of tradition or something like that, mm. but I did. Good idea I for a story. <laughs> Could be. Yeah. But yeah, there's a, there's a hiking trail that I used to go to in Roswell. It's a part of the um, Georgia trail systems. It's the Chattahoochee nature trail. And, there was a clearing and when I came upon that clearing, I said, man, this would be really cool. Or, well, it should be really creepy, but at the same time, it'd be really cool. And that's actually where the idea came from. And, you know, like yourself, you, mm -hmm. you know, you, you have a notebook and you just keep yeah. it close by. And so I've been 
that one's written down just along with, with others. You know, being out in nature, just going for a walk, that's a lot of times when I can think about something for people who might be listening. It's like, go for a walk in nature, not, not along the streets with all the cars honking and stuff like that. Go where you can hear the birds and things like that. And you're, you're, you can clear your thoughts. And as a creative, that's when some ideas of something you have or something new. I remember an idea that I told you about. I was it was right after the well, I think it was either right before we had to shut down for the pandemic or right after when they kind of opened up the parks and you can go and walk in the parks and, and get some relief from being cooped up in the in the house and the apartments. I was walking and I think I sent you the picture because we had to go back and find it. But I'm walking on this trail and I come around the corner and there's these stacks of rocks <laughs> you know? and, oh, and again yeah. my mind says oh that is so cool I thought that stack of rocks had a secret meaning maybe somebody was communicating with somebody else and maybe there's this whole underground organization that that's how they communicate and stuff like that and I remember telling you about it and I, I use I quickly use my phone to take pictures of those things and believe it or not it's like that and Andre knows that has developed into uh, a potential series, at least one book. And it's going to be a central part in an investigation that a main character is doing. So for me, just coming across those rocks, it dovetailed into a new protagonist and a new book and potentially a new series that um, I can work on after I get these other ones <laughs> done. And just mentioning walking, I know for myself, my the very first book I wrote, the idea for it started but it really came to me as I went walking and I tend to listen to different types of music in that particular period I was listening to some old soundtracks mm -hmm. and in that case I was listening to E.T. <laughs> John oh. Williams and so as I'm listening to it I was like because I always thought that music particularly back in that period was so evocative it, it just spoke it just created visions and visuals in your head so I'm listening to it and I start to imagine an E.T. like story, but set in a different setting in a more up to date setting. And instead of involving an extraterrestrial, it's more like it involves fairy people, <laughs> you know. And so that entire idea was was what came about as I was going for a walk in the evenings um, listening to uh, the E.T. soundtrack. So just never know where the ideas are going to come from. That's very true. In fact, um, the idea for Waystation came during a road trip. Um, now, tell everybody what Waystation is about. It's a it's a short story. I wrote it back in that was early to mid '90s. Still living in Columbus, Georgia, mm -hmm. but it's basically a short story about uh, a group that they're doing a road trip after. It's a business trip, but it's a road trip. And they stop in a town that is completely empty and desolate, except for a few people that they keep seeing that shouldn't be there. They mm -hmm. try to leave town, but they keep ending up back at the gas station that they stopped at. And that came about because I used to do uh, late drives home to Tallahassee um, because Tallahassee is like three and a half hours from Columbus, Georgia. So mm -hmm. it's, it's not that bad. But when you're doing it after you just work the night shift, it can be a little bit of a, of a slog to, to get through. And I was kind of nodding off. So I said, well, let me, let me stop. So I stopped at this gas station that I usually stop at. So it's, it wasn't a big deal. It's always open. Mm -hmm. Went in one night 
and there was there was no one at the counter. There was <laughs> no one stocking the shelves or anything. And I thought, this is bizarre. Maybe the guy's out on a smoke break or something. Went back outside, looked around, didn't see the attendant or anything. I didn't need gas. I just wanted to get something to drink. So I said, you know, announced myself, said hello a few times. Is anybody around? Is anybody here? <laughs> no one came out from the back. No one came out to greet me or anything. I started getting a little creeped out. So I said, okay, you know what? Let me just grab something. I'll leave the money on the counter and just gonna call it a day. And that's what I did. And once I got to Tallahassee, I said, no, I make an interesting story. Mm. And that's mm. where that was the impetus for Waystation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that just reminded me. Um, and again, um, although Audrey um, didn't talk anything about himself, but he is a writer. And as you mentioned, um, he's working on a novel. And he's done um, several short stories. And when you were talking about that, it reminded me of your short story. Was it Last Stop? Uh, Last Stop for Gas. Last Stop for Gas, which is something back um, several years ago, we had actually considered actually doing a um, short film based on that. (laughs) Yes. Um, But it kind of reminded me, it kind of reminded me of that too. Um, Needless to say, um, what genres do you prefer to write? I I guess that would be a good question for before we go any further. Um, For the most part, I try to stay in science fiction Mm -hmm. and horror. Um, Those are kind of two genres that I honestly grew up Mm -hmm. watching and reading. I mean, Twilight Zone, Night Gallery, mm-hmm. Outer Limits, you know, Star Trek, the original series, mm-hmm. you know, Tales from the Dark Side, Monsters, all of these shows that usually came on on the weekends and usually late at night. Of course, I wasn't around during the, the original run of the Twilight Zone, so everything I'm mm-hmm. mentioning was, you know, syndication for me and reruns, but, you know, just watching those in my teens, actually starting from I'd say probably 12 and 13 is when I started really getting into horror, reading mm-hmm. uh, short stories by Poe and Phil K. Dick. He wrote one called The Father Thing mm-hmm. and Ray Bradbury. The stories like Something Wicked This Way Comes and even the, the original movie that mm-hmm. came out way back when Disney used to do The Wonderful World of Disney on Sunday mm-hmm. nights. Um, so yeah, horror has always <laughs> been it's always been a genre that I gravitated towards mm-hmm. um, a little bit of fantasy. Mm-hmm. I, I wish I was more into fantasy, but I'm not. Unfortunately, it didn't always click with me. Mm-hmm. Definitely science fiction and horror. Those are the ones that I, that I mm-hmm. tend to stay within the realm of. Yeah. And, and it's interesting for me because I think we had this discussion before um, for, for the listeners, we've known each other for a long time. <laughs> we'll say how many years, but um, I, I, it's funny for me because you mentioned the shows and the books and the things like that. And I, I love the, um, the classic um, sci-fi. That's how I was really introduced into that genre. And I always thought that when I started writing that I would write sci-fi, but ironically, I, I, my, my two series starting out series are fantasy and the third one is a mix between fantasy and science fiction. 
So I've n- I haven't written straight science fiction. It's it's always been more fantasy oriented for me. So um, did you growing up? What were you watching in your teens? Did you do any Tolkien or did you do any uh, like watching or reading? Either reading. I in one of these days I'm going to try to find this series. I know when it came to reading, the reading was a mixture. I liked I like science fiction. Um, I, I started reading the pulp fiction, the novels and stuff like that. Mm. Um, I liked um, fantasy. I also liked what's what's being called urban fantasy and now urban fantasy is taking on so many different um, it's basically it's been kind of appropriated a little bit, but realistic fantasy and there and I remember getting the stack of books at the end of school so I had to read them over the summer. And I remember there was this one series where it dealt with aliens, but it took place in the real world. And there was a question, only the main character, this young boy, he could sense the aliens or it it was something like that. But I loved stuff like that. Um, It wasn't until I really got into, and you know, and I read stuff like a little bit like the Berserker or Conan and things like that when I was in college uh i mean in high school it wasn't until i got to college that i really started hitting the big name science fiction writers that's when i was really introduced to things like dune um asimov um <laughs> all of those those people the, the the heavy hitters um and that's when i really started getting more into that and, and of course um you had the star wars and they they did the expanded universe so when all of those came out i religiously read all the star wars novels i read all the star trek series because every one of the series the original next generation voyager all of them had series of novels and i just ate those things up i loved going to the bookstore and finding a new one and just pulling like three or four books off the shelf from all the different series um i was introduced to uh, who's the guy who wrote um um, the black, pl- uh, the white plague. Um, that was Herbert. That's right. It was Herbert. Was I was introduced. I branched out and I was introduced to to that. I think it was the Jesus experiment or other things that he wrote. I started reading all these these different um, things. Um, and I think at that time, because I met you when I was in college, so I started reading things like Tom Clancy and, and things like that. Primarily because the movies came out, and then you discover there's books, and then I was like, oh, there's a whole series of books. So you go. I love finding things out like that. So for me. I would say, yeah, um, I wasn't a big horror <laughs> um, type of a, a, a reader um, when I was that age. And even now, if I read anything that's horror related, it's more psychological horror. I think the first, like some Stephen King, but I think like the first like Dean Koontz book I read, I read it because somebody gave me the audio tape for free and I listened to it mm. first. And so I tried some of the other things, but I typically don't haven't gone in for horror as, in terms of reading. And so. um, I, my gravitation to sci-fi did, did start early, but that was with media. So basically with TV, um, you know, once again, the original series and then things like Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, um, I remember when the Sci-Fi Channel launched, and that just—I <laughs> ate that up because yes. that was when I could see all of the stuff that I didn't get to see on the first go around. So, mm-hmm. really old shows like Auto Man, 
mm-hmm. and man, man and machine and the prisoner and mm-hmm. voyagers and the Phoenix and just these really just these quirky mm-hmm. 70s, 80s shows that maybe had like one season or maybe they ran <laughs> for six episodes and and they've just been lost to obscurity because maybe you can find the bootleg VHS, but mm-hmm. good luck finding a DVD of it. But shows like Probe, which was written mm-hmm. and created by Asimov, and there was only six mm-hmm. episodes of it, but it was this incredibly creative show about mm-hmm. this, basically this reclusive genius who ironically owns and created this technology company, but eschews technology. He, all, he mm-hmm. almost can't stand it. Just and, all of these shows that you don't see or hear about anymore. And, and I just want to say to the listeners that Andre has an encyclopedic mind. <laughs> he brings up shows that I have never even heard of. So, and, and, I, and that has to be in some sense. And again, and we could talk about it later, but I, I just wanted to just drop that has to also, at the very least, when you're shaping your things, you have this, you can, like you just did, you can readily talk about a premise of a show. So, whether consciously or subconsciously, you've kind of digested, you know, what a what an interesting premise is. And again, we'll we'll talk about it. We we'll talk about it later. But you were just reminding me, it's like I mystery too. I TV shows, fantasy, sci-fi, those are big for me. Yes. And mystery. Yes. I remember when they did the revamped um and they just redid it not too long ago with Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys. It's like, eh, for me. But back in the day when they did those two, and one week it was Nancy Drew and the next week it was Hardy Boys, I yes. love I loved those things. Yes. Um, we were already talking about a little bit of writing tools. Obviously, we both still use notebooks. I like to write ideas down. Um, just the other day, I'm writing my ideas down. Or if I'm reading something or if I'm listening to something, and we'll get to that later. I will jot it down. I'll jot down things I need to change. Um, I'm right now. I'm in the process where I have like a um, advanced copy of a book, my next book coming out. So when I'm reading it, sometimes I'll mark things in the book. But if it's not enough space, sometimes I'll take my notebook and I'll sit in the park and I'll just write the notations down in the notebook. We we talked about having notebooks and pen and paper and things like that. And we talked about where ideas come from and they really come from everywhere and they come from life. They come from situations for all kinds of things. But what I wanted to talk about next is say you have the idea. What do you typically do next? Let's talk about what we do next once we have an idea. Um, If I have an idea, the first thing I try to do is I try to guess for lack of a better term, I try to culture the idea. Where is it going to go? Mm-hmm. Um, what is my, I think I try to start with that. I, I, I start with a basic premise. Okay, I had the idea. What's mm-hmm. my basic premise? Where is this going to go? Is it going to be a full-fledged story? Is it going to be a full novel? Or is it going to be a short story, a novella? Or am I going to take a shot at making into a script? which way am I going with it? Once I figured out that, I, I like to try and flush out the plot as much as I can. Of course, it's not going to be perfect, and I'll probably go back and revamp it numerous times, but I feel like I need at least a basic 
plot summary so I know how to move forward. And once I have a basic summary down, I try to flush out my characters. Mm-hmm. How many do I have? Of course, you know, I, I tend to have large groups, which can be a problem. Um, <laughs> I, I seem to like something with group dynamics, seeing how a small group of people work together to solve a problem or get out of a situation or attain a goal. Mm-hmm. So I, I work out my my characters, you know, who they are, what are they like, what are their motivations, um, you know, names, that kind of thing, and what's going to happen to them throughout the course of the story itself. And that's mm-hmm. that's typically the direction I, I try to put it in. Now, and, and when you're doing this and when you're um, working out the general story flow and then you're moving on to the characters, just so we can, because, you know, both of us are, te- we, we were talking before we started about our, our technology um, jobs and professions. Um, what apps and things do you use when you're in this phase of your the creation process? I used to use a really good mind mapping software, oh. but the company the company's no longer around, so they don't uh-huh. make it anymore. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a discontinued app, but mm-hmm. it was a fantastic piece of software for, mm-hmm. for mind mapping and just basically brainstorming. And mm-hmm. you know, for your listeners, I, I'm sure a lot of them are familiar with, but mind mapping tools are basically brainstorming tools. It's yes. a, mm-hmm. a digital app where you start with a word or a phrase or a premise and the the app branches out from there starting mm-hmm. with that central that central idea and then mm-hmm. you branch out and the idea is that that idea will lead to more ideas and more details and mm-hmm. your map starts to basically spread out so essentially <laughs> it gives you plenty of of content to work with, but mm-hmm. the tool isn't made anymore. There was another tool that I that I used. Um, it was called Note Suite, and it was fantastic. It was made by a company called Theory.io, mm-hmm. and they first launched in I think 2012 or 2013. Is it still and available? Unfortunately, no. See, that's okay. another one. All these good tools, they're either acquired by larger companies and the company discontinues the tool or the company for whatever reason they're not able to maintain and survive so they just unfortunately slip into obscurity well what are you Uh, using now instead of that currently i am solely using zoho notebook for any creative endeavors um, Mm -hmm. stories ideas, game ideas, script ideas. I tend to stick with Zoho Notebook for a couple of reasons. Um, First reason is Zoho is actually still a privately held company. Mm -hmm. So they're not reliant upon uh, selling your data. They at least encrypt your data. So your data Mm -hmm. is encrypted in transit and at Mm -hmm. rest. They maintain their storage um, Mm -hmm. on site. So they have their own servers and their own infrastructure it's free to set up an account Mm -hmm. you can set up multiple notebooks and within each notebook Mm -hmm. you can import photos you can stylize your text you can import pdfs in it's a pretty flexible app you can use either the browser version or they do have a desktop client Mm -hmm. i tend to use the 
desktop client, but I also have the browser version. It just it just keeps it in sync. Now, just reminding people that that you are an IT professional. So when you're talking about the encryption and, and protecting your privacy, he's speaking as somebody who has to worry about those things for his clients and his stakeholders at his job. So it is so, but we're going to include the link for that in the, in the podcast description for anybody who want to get it. But I'm just curious. So you said you have a folder, so you can drop your multi, your media, your other files and stuff in there, but it also has a note taking or note writing component it to does. it also. Okay. There is okay. a, there is a note taking and a note writing component. Mm -hmm. It actually will also recognize a stylus. So if you're someone wow. who's okay. a big fan of the Samsung galaxy, mm -hmm. you can use your stylus to write your notes in. Mm -hmm. It does have a handwriting feature and it will convert that into uh, proper text. Now. Okay. So, and, and so going back um, when you have an idea, so your first stop on your idea to really flush it out is to use some kind of mind mapping software. I was going to mention like one that I'm messing around with right now is um, XMind and I'm, and I'm trying to remember if I just recently used XMind for a pro XMind on the Mac for a project or if I used a different one. So some kind of mind mapping so that you can really take an idea or a theme or whatever and kind of map it out. And then from there, you proceed to a note-taking app to where you're starting to gather your research and start doing your character um, profiles and, and things like that. Yes, that's correct. Mm -hmm. In fact, um, the current the first book of a series that I'm working yeah. on called um, Everton. Mm -hmm. All of the information is actually in mm -hmm. a notebook on the app. And mm -hmm. the other thing is, is that with each notebook, you can actually, and this is kind of a little extra bonus, but you actually have the ability to customize the notebook covers. So okay. you can put a little image on there mm -hmm. that helps you you know, differentiate between the various notebooks that you have. I currently have 13 notebooks and each one has a different image on it. But of course you can also label those notebooks as well. Mm -hmm. And even inside of the notebook, mm -hmm. you can take multiple pages and you can group them together. So for Everton, I have character bios. Mm -hmm. Those are grouped under a subfolder within the notebook. Mm -hmm. So okay. it helps keep all of those pages together. Yeah. And each one of those notebooks is a different project that you um working on. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Um, and no, no, that's that's great. Like I said, I'll include the link for that because free is always good. <laughs> there might True. be the naysayers, but there's, you know, um and, and it was something that you helped me with when I did um a, a panel discussion at one of the conventions. I talked about technology and workflows for um, a digital writer. And I always made sure that I mentioned free. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with, with, the, with the free writing aid or, or something like that. And, and I know for me, just, just, um, just d going back and just talking about the idea stage and, and catching up to where you are, for me, it's, it's kind of like the same thing. I get the idea. I normally write it down. Sometimes, like you said, we talk about a notebook. I have it with my notebook or for me, probably I'll, I'll write the idea down and I'll flush it out a little bit. More likely than not, I'm using a program called Evernote simply because I can date it. I'm really good about adding tags so that it, and every time I sit down, 
I'm always going and using the tag to find something that I did before. It's a wonderful way to be able to do that. And no matter if you're in a digital environment, most of your note taking apps allow you to add tags or metadata, some kind of way. Use that. But that's what I will do. And I, I like you, I will scope out the story. I'll start planning it out. Normally, my idea also starts with the main character. Um, so I also have an idea of the main character because normally most of mine, um, they're proceeding from the main character. So I'll start to scope out the story, some other characters that are in there. I'll brainstorm, as you said before, the whole story and what in general it could be about. And then at some point, I'll write that down. And then for me, because I, I am an outliner, not a detailed outliner, but I'm an organizer and an outliner. I will take that and I will plan it out. And I typically, I'm, I'm, I don't care. People, people try to get kind of funny about three-act structure or five-act structure. You got to have some kind of structure. I mean, if you build a house, you got to have a frame. Otherwise, <laughs> it's going to fall in your head. So come on. Um, it's the starting place. But I'll do that. Or I actually, in um, Scrivener, we'll talk about that later. I actually have this thing called the um, Nine Milestones or whatever. It's from a book, um, and, I, and I'll mention that later and put it in the link. But I'll start to just generally just think about all those things. Okay, if this is the story, maybe what's going to be the, 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 the main thing that happens and how's it going to wrap up, like you said, generally with the characters. And then some point in there, once I get that kind of mapped out a little, um, I'll start my character bios. I'll definitely break down my main character. And somewhere in there, once I get those things done and I really start to really think about, in the case of a book, okay, well, what's chapter one going to be about? Well, chapter one is going to introduce some kind of problem or it's going to, I'm going to introduce the character. I'll do like one or two lines. And once I'm to that point, I'll then turn, not necessarily mind mapping, but I talked with you about it. I use a, a, a program called um, Scapple which is made by the same people that make Scrivener. And it's a lower level mind mapping software. It's not as good and powerful as some of the other ones, but you can do like charts. So what I do is I take each one of those little simple write-ups that I do and initially for each scene so or each chapter, I create a box and you could connect them by lines. You can show how they flow and stuff like that. So I write those and at that point, I can start moving them around and see how the scenes might or chapters might go or whatever. And that's where I am in the planning stage, getting it all together, thinking about it and starting to fill out what the story is going to be. Okay, I need to, if I'm going to have this character, I need to start maybe filling them out. I use Evernote, but I've also started to use um, Microsoft OneNote because of what you just said. It has the ability to group documents together. You have, you have tabs. You can you can open them up and you can see all the documents inside, and you have sub documents and subfolders. And I I use Microsoft OneNote for that, so that's what I do when I take an idea and I start to put some some meat on the bone, so to speak. Yeah, it's it's interesting that you you mentioned when you did your um, talk at the convention is that you know not every creative individual has necessarily the means to run out and buy a copy of Scrivener or to mm -hmm. purchase a copy of Final Draft. I think like last time I looked, Final Draft was like $250 for a license. Um, you know, not everyone has that. So, mm -hmm. you know, being able to get an Evernote account, which, mm -hmm. you know, 
It does require your email address. So mm -hmm. for those that are concerned about their privacy, you know, you when it's free, you are the product. So mm -hmm. just going in with that kind of realistic approach helps temper your expectations of, okay, mm -hmm. I know they're giving me a free account. What are they expecting in return? But it's kind of a small price to pay. Yeah, but I, but I just want to interject right there. When I was a um, technology coordinator for a school system, what we would tell everybody, would just set up a, a, a throwaway Google account. <laughs> yes, disposable account, disposable email. There's, there's plenty of them that are available. Yes. And like you said, better yet, just set up a disposable Gmail mm -hmm. account and, you know, use that. And then whatever's going into it, don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. They can, they can spam it and market it all at once. You're just going to throw it periodically, go in and just throw it all out anyway. So. Yeah. And, but it, it's, it's good to know that, you know, now there are these tools that are available for mm -hmm. a creative individual, like once again, Evernote, mm -hmm. Zoho Notebook, Dropbox, Microsoft's mm -hmm. OneNote. At one point, OneNote was not available for free. You had to pay for OneNote. You but I think still... They, the tiers they have the tiered structure yeah. mm -hmm. but the basic version of OneNote mm -hmm. is is available for free in fact i mm -hmm. think on windows 11 i could be wrong oh, this, but okay. i think on windows 11 they're just starting to just throw it in so if you're on a windows machine and one of the reasons that i just since you mentioned that one of the reasons that i mentioned that at, at the convention when i was doing the talk yeah, per se, is not free, but one of the wonderful things with a lot of companies, and particularly if you are an educator, you have access to it because most of your, your school systems and your companies have the enterprise, whatever, Microsoft yes. accounts. And what we told our teachers and stuff, you can download the full office suite on up to five machines, at least under the agreement we had in our school system. And it's, so, it, yes. yeah. So, it's similar. It's similar where I am. Um, every student is allowed to install Office 365 on free yeah. machines. It's it's yeah. it's available for both uh, students and employees. So even I can yeah. install it on three machines if I if I needed to. And and again, um, and, and not not to go too too deep into the technology, although the technology is part of our workflows that we're going to we're, we're going to continue to talk about, but. One of the other things that I always mention to people is, as, as we already said, setting up a Google account is free. With the mind mapping, what I use it for, creating the block, because a lot of the mind mappings, they have the boxes and you can have the connectors and stuff like that. Well, if you can't do that, if you're, if you're a teacher or a student or whatever, most likely you have access to Word, you can use um, um, PowerPoint to make the same boxes. You can. It, um, if you have Google free, you can use Google Slides. Yes. To our, 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 our whatever, to our, our Google, to draw app and stuff like that in, in, in Google Docs. And you can draw, you can use all these things. And those are one of the things that I said. So even though things aren't technically free, a lot of people through their work or their school, they have access to it. And if you're a student or an educator, you get huge discounts on these things, 50, 60 percent still. Yeah, you, I think I'll, Adobe, you get student pricing on stuff. So that's where we both are. Um, I, I, I could tell by our talk that we're both kind of outliners and planners to a certain degree. We are not the seat by the seat of your pants type of people. <laughs> at least at least I don't think you are. I've known you no, for a while. <laughs> I, everyone who can, I think she said, everyone who can write a story, 
and hand it to me within the next 30 minutes, you can, you can leave for the day. Mm. Like, it was like the last class of the day, school's winding down. And I think she was just kind of like mentally done for the day. <laughs> and so she just said, any of you who can write me a short story, hand it to me in the next 30 minutes, you can just go ahead and, you know, head to your bus stop and just leave class for the day. And I think that was like the only time I was able just off the cuff, I, I gave her a story. I didn't even wait for her to read it. I just turned it in and said, all right, I'm out. Yeah. Um, so we have our ideas. We've kind of specked it out a little bit. We've used some kind of mind mapping. And again, um, it's great for um, planning things out. Again, for me, I like using Scapple. It takes a little time to to build all these things, but I found it's worth it because once I get later on in the writing process, <laughs> if I need to change anything before I change it on the manuscript, I can always go back to the scapel and I can take stuff out and sh mm. or shift it around and I can get a bird's eye view. Okay, I get, I think that'll work. And then I can go to the manuscript and start shifting things around. And that's where I want to get to. So, um, and I'm glad you said that when you you plan it out, it's kind of a loose thing. Because when I tell people I plan mine out, like for a book, if I, I know for a full length book, I'm probably going to have somewhere between 30 or 40 chapters. And that's only because I like to keep my word count to each. It's just my, what my style I said settled into. I like to keep my word count below a certain amount uh, per chapter. Um, but I'll write like a two or three word i mean sentence paragraph describing what i think is going to happen <laughs> in that chapter when i tell people that some people who who kind of shy away from planning they it's like i'm not doing a detailed outline this is just so i can get a handle on what i think is going to happen and a direction for me to go but once i start writing and once the characters settle in to my mind and they start speaking for themselves it always changes Maybe not drastically, but it always changes, and I just go with that. But for me, because of my personality, I need that security of knowing, at least have an idea of where I'm going to go. Um, I'm, I, we're both in, in, in the Atlanta area, but when I was up in the D.C. area, when I got in my car, <laughs> I knew I was coming to Atlanta, <laughs> okay? And I, I pretty much knew what highways I was going to use. Now, once I know that, I can stop. I can stop get gas. I can stop at different places to get something to eat. I can take a detour. I can even choose to stop and get a hotel room and sleep and just drive the rest of it tomorrow. But at least I know where I'm going. So for me and for a lot of people out there, at least having some idea where you're going is, is good for me. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Urban Guru Podcast. And of course, you can always find us on iTunes. Just search for Urban Guru and you'll find our podcast listed. You can also listen to this podcast on SoundCloud. Just search for Urban Guru Podcast and you'll be able to find it there too. Thank you again for listening. And remember, no matter whatever your creative endeavor is, always push forward because every step that you take along that path will lead you to your ultimate destination. So I'll see you next time.